0: Hello and welcome to the Legacy Church Podcast. We hope that today's message will inspire you to grow in your journey of faith. We believe that hope is for everyone. So, no matter where you find yourself on your journey of faith, we believe Jesus is willing to meet you right where you're at. So again, thank you for joining us and we hope you enjoy today's message. Would you open your Bibles to the book of Romans chapter 12 uh, if you were here last week, I promised you that I would continue my seven pages of notes that I didn't get through last week. Do you remember that? Um, well, here's my other promise to you. I still won't get through them today, okay? Uh, but we're going to get through as much as we can, and I believe God's got a word for you today uh, in this I- in this idea that we're talking about abiding. We're in this series that we're recognizing that apart from Him, we can do no good thing, right? And that when we are attached to the source, to Jesus, there is good fruit that we begin to bear. It's not something that we muster up. It's not something that we force ourselves to do. But simply abiding and being attached to Him allows transformation to take place from the inside out and fruit begins to display itself. So last week we talked about this idea of abiding in his word and his thoughts and that really developed into a conversation about our mind and our thoughts and what I will say before anything today is that I understand... That yes, I am not a psychologist. And yes, God has absolutely gifted humankind with an advancement of understanding the human mind and psychology. And I believe in counselors and good therapists and all that. But I want to make something very clear today. All of that is good, but unless it's rooted in the one who created your mind it's all going to just fall by the wayside. We want to be attached and rooted with Jesus. And from there, yes, we, 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 we seek out help. From there, yes, we've got counselors. Yes, from there, we understand our, but we must be attached to the one that created it all. And so I'm gonna continue from last week. I'm gonna try my best because I know that some of you are visiting today. I'm gonna try my best to kind of catch you up. But... The best thing is for you to just hop online this week and, and, and watch last week's sermon. So, Romans 12, 12. You ready? Say, I'm ready. All right. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Say with me, transformed. All right. Right off the bat, we've got two choices. You can conform or you can be transformed. You see that? Right off the bat. Don't you love it when the Bible's clear? Yo, you got two choices right here. You can be conformed or you can be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses three to five says this. For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war against the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power. Say with me, "power." power. Divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every, here it is, thought captive to obey Christ. And lastly, Philippians 4, 8. I read this to you last week. I'll read it again to you. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things father I thank you for your word I thank you God because it's not just a book filled with history it's not just something we use to debate and argue with people but it's truly what guides us and directs us I pray today Lord that the book where your words are found would be what penetrates even the hardest of hearts today Lord, let it flood our minds, let it flood our hearts, and open up our minds, open up our ears, open up our hearts to not just be hearers, but also doers of your word. I thank you, God, because you are powerful enough to speak to every individual's life here today, even through the words that are about to be spoken. In Jesus' name, amen. If you know me, you know that I'm not originally from here, but I got here as soon as I could. Come on, somebody. You know, how many of you, with no shame, raise your hand are not originally from Idaho but you got here as soon as you could. Come on, somebody out there told you the great state of Idaho is beautiful and it's majestic. And now let me open up a parenthesis. Now it's your turn to upkeep the very culture that drew you here, okay? Okay? So, but that's a parenthesis. And so, I'm from I've lived in one or actually two of, you know, those three states that we don't like to mention around here. You know, there, there's the one that starts with the C, and then there's the one that starts with the O, and then the one that starts with the W, right? Uh, come on, Washington, Oregon, California. Um, right? I, I'm not gonna tell you which one of those I'm from or where I came from so that, you know, you still engage in what I'm about to say. But let's just say I've lived in two out of the three, and they're not as bad as the other one that I'm not from, okay? <laughs> well, one of those states has an IKEA. You guys know what Ikea is? Yeah. All right. If you're a native Idahoan, you travel four hours to Utah to go to Ikea. Tony, why are you saying four hours? Because that's the speed I drive, okay? You're going, it's typically five hours. I know I'm bad with directions, but it's, it's four hours if I'm behind the wheel. You know, Jesus ain't taking that wheel. Anyway, um, maybe I should repent from that. Uh, so, you know, we were living in the state, and, and, and I remember uh, Sophia and I, my wife and I, we were we needed a new dining set. And so we went to IKEA, where you too can get a dining set that comes in about ten thousand boxes that are four by ten inches big, right? Somebody out there know what I'm talking about? In addition to the dining set, we also wanted to have a china hutch. And so, you know, we've got a dresser drawers and, and, you know, the the hutch thing. And again, that came in another 5,000 boxes. And how many of you know that the real test of marriage is whether or not you survive building an Ikea furniture? (laughs) Here's what I've learned in my young 35 years of life. There's two kinds of people the kind of people that read the manual and follow, and no, manual is not my deal, you know, my cousin Manuel. Uh, you, know, uh, you know, some of us read the manual and follow the instructions. It's okay, I, I can say it. Uh, and follow the instructions. Or there's people like me that know there's a manual to be read, but you don't need no manual telling you what to do. You guys already know where this story is headed. Well, my wife is one of those that reads the manuals and follows the instructions. So we begin to put together this dining set. And by the way, we're about to celebrate 15 years of marriage here on Wednesday. So I can tell you, you too can survive IKEA furniture, okay? If we can make it, you can make it too, okay? Go to IKEA and and test your marriage. Anyway, uh, we begin to put the dining set together. And the reality is, is a table and chairs is not that hard to put together, right? So my way of doing it worked good enough, you know, and so now we moved on to the hutch. And it came to putting the drawers into the hutch. And because we didn't follow the instructions, what happens is if you don't put the tracks in at the right time or in the right space or upside down, those drawers are not going to drawer. You know what I mean? (laughs) And so I had to bite my um, tongue and swallow my pride. And we had to, how many of you know, I had to tear the entire dresser down and rebuild it properly when it comes to our thought life which all of us have there are things that paul specifically describes as things that have been built up higher than god's thoughts and we are called to tear them down to rebuild properly And so the good news that I want to give you today, and today's message might feel, seem, and we may even interact a little bit differently than normally, but my heart, my prayer, is that you would experience true freedom in your mind this morning. Because the good news is this, is that you no longer have to be held captive by your old ways of thinking. Some of you today have built an entire life an entire identity based on strongholds and thoughts that have been raised up above God's word. And the good news for you, my friend, today is there is hope for you to learn how to tear those down and rebuild properly. And my hope today is that not only we rebuild in a healthy way, but that we move from living life on the defensive and on the responsive and begin to live a life that's proactive. Can I just say this to somebody today? You are not a victim of everything you think. Christ in you, hope of glory, means there is a power inside of you to be able to defeat things, bring things down. Oh man, and I hope today, after, after today, not only do you walk out of here with a belly full of chili, but also with some freedom in your mind. Now, I just want to recap from last week, a couple things here, or a few things here. Number one, there is an enemy, so don't be fooled, right? Don't be fooled to think that there's not an enemy coming after you. Now, we don't look for the devil under every rock, but the reality is we cannot be fooled into thinking that we're just kind of living life, right? Paul's very clear, even in Second Corinthians, as we read, that there is something in the spiritual realm that we are fighting. Second thing we talked about last week is that we all have a thought life. And that thought life produces who we become, right? Proverbs 23 says it very clearly that how we think, that's how we become, right? And then the third thing that we talked about was that every thought paves away. And so I asked you last week, what sparks your thoughts, what stops your thoughts, and what sustains your thoughts? And in order for our mind to be renewed, I believe there have been thoughts that in some of us have been formed and must be first torn down. Why? Because we have the option of being conformed yes. or transformed. Yes. Let me tell you what someone who lives conformed is like. That person is changed by the outside things. Yes. A person that is transformed is changed from the inside out. Yes. Do you see the difference? A person who is conformed is much like a thermometer. Tells us the, to- the temperature. And that's easy to do. It's hot. It's always hot for me. Always hot. I'm always sweating. It's always hot. A person who's transformed becomes a thermostat, is able to set the temperature. It's not allowing just external things to make me into something. No, I'm allowing God to transform me from the inside out. It conforms, says, I have to. I'm bound to. I got no other choice but... Transform says I'm compelled to, I get to, I am privileged to. And so as I previously said today, I want to give you weapons and tools for the fight that's ahead so that you may have victory and not live on defense, but on offense, not reactive living, but proactive living. Are you ready? Number one, number one, we are called to tear things down. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. This is 2 Corinthians 10, 4 to 5. And it says this, we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. And we take every, say with me, every. Not just the easy ones. Every thought captive to obey Christ. So this word stronghold here in its purest of forms actually means a, a high tower. It's a fortress where those that were fighting a war would go in to strategize. It would give them a high point to be able to see who was coming. If there was enemy, an enemy attack, then they would be able to see from there. And, and this idea of this fortress was not just to be watchful, but also it was where strategy was formed. It's where, it's where the, those that fought for land or fought for their families would go up there and they would have a safe place to strategize. But Paul here in Second Corinthians is using this word strongholds and he's actually saying they are thoughts or high things and arguments that have actually come against the knowledge of God. So theologians would actually describe now this word stronghold as a well-defended lie. So if we're taking that definition of a stronghold being a well-defended lie, we must understand that not everything we think is truth. And see what happens with strongholds is this, and if you've been here for for a, over a year, then you know I preached a very similar sermon to this about a year ago, and then I promised you I would finish it, but I wasn't the lead pastor then, so I couldn't finish it. <laughs> so now we're kind of blending the finishing of that and then the finishing of last week, and we're going to just keep finishing these sermons that God, you know, is speaking to us, right? But but what happens with these well defended lies is like is this is we now begin to live our lives from a well defended lie a stronghold is a belief system that hear me is real to you but it doesn't mean it trumps the truth of god strongholds begin to be built when you allow experiences to create a sweeping truth and generality like for example and by the way the examples I'm going to use none of them am I minimizing maybe the pain you've experienced or the things you've been through but hear me on this that those things cannot become higher than the truth of the word of God so this is what happens is man so and so said that I was useless and so I draw the conclusion that I'm useless I go to a church and they tell me You're not wanted here unless you behave, unless you do all these things. And now my stronghold is built on, well, I'm just unwanted. I'm rejected by everyone. Someone told me as a young kid, well, you're just super anxious. And so I draw the conclusion as an adult, now I'm just a ball of anxiety and I can't even function. My dad maybe told me, Man, you're never going to amount to anything. And so now I live my life based on this identity of I'm worthless. I bring no value to the table, so I might as well not even try. Somebody tells me, well, you're just a a perverted little kid and you've got a lust problem. And so now I'm a full grown adult that cannot seem to break out of this addiction of pornography and lust. And now it's become my very identity. And I'm just a broken human being who just struggles with lust. And I will forever struggle and I will forever be unfaithful. Or somebody tells me, man, you're just not pretty enough. Unless you use your body in certain ways, no one will ever want you. And so now I begin to build an identity. I'm just a tool. Then I come to church and I begin to hear things like, There's a name that's above all names and it can heal you. And then you go, yeah, it can heal that person, but it can't heal me. Well, that's for them. That's not for me. Well, Tony, if you only knew how I messed up, if you only knew what I had to do even just to survive as a child, you're over here talking about an abundant life. I'm just barely surviving. And so what happens is this, is we take this stronghold, we take this thought, and we do what Paul in the Greek says, and that is we create a verdict. Paul says, you take this thought, and now you've created a verdict. You were maybe legitimately hurt by a church, but now all churches are the worst. Maybe you were held accountable by a church and they did their best they could, but man, they ended up hurting you. Well, you know, churches, they're just filled with white rich men that just want to impose their uh, authority on people. Ah, you know, somebody mismanages the church's money and you go, (laughs) (laughs) all churches ever want is your money. Legitimate hurt. That we allow to build and become a stronghold. And it builds itself up above the truth of God. A stronghold is when we allow a momentary situation to become the verdict of our lives. It's when we allow a momentary experience and allow it to become lasting, even permanent truth and it becomes the filter in which we pass everything through. And so we begin to build brick by brick our stronghold, thought after thought. We begin to take in these thoughts, and we begin to build an identity around these thoughts. And we think we're building a high tower where we're going to be kept safe. But the reality is that it's keeping us imprisoned. We think this is going to keep us safe. But in reality, it's keeping us at a distance. It's keeping us separated from community. And so now because so-and-so spoke ill of me, I build up a wall and now I'm closed off to everybody. Let me make it super personal. Is that okay? You know what pastors do sometimes and we need to repent from it? Sheep bite sometimes. Sheep hurt you sometimes, right? But you know what I've fallen into at times is Treating you like the sheep that bit me, and it wasn't you. Oh, man, all sheep. All people. I'm just being honest right now with you guys. Is that okay? Is that okay to have an honest pastor? Okay. Let me tell you a couple of things. Is that okay? While this wall continues to build. Don't believe everything you think. Simple, right? Okay. If you didn't believe me, your thoughts will lie to you at times. Yes. Yes, true. And if you buy into them, they go from thoughts to stronghold. Yes. You, you with me so far? Yeah. Okay, okay. Book of Genesis, chapter three. Let me take you back to the very first stronghold in the history of the Bible. And it says this, so when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, hold on a second there. When did God say that tree was good? If you read Genesis, you know God basically, let me paraphrase, God goes, look at all I created for you guys. Now, hey, just stay away from this one thing. He doesn't say, I know it looks good for food. I know that it's appetizing. And somehow she derives that, hey, this is good for food. And it was a delight to the eyes. When did God say this was a beautiful tree? And it was to be desired to make one wise. She took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate. Can I tell you, God didn't say any of those things, but Satan did. And you know what Satan did? He goes, did God really say? Parentheses, men, if you keep reading, because we're not just going to focus on the woman's mistake here, um, Adam ends up trying to blame the wife. Have you you guys ever ever read that? (laughs) And he's like, God, the wife you gave me. (laughs) I love you men enough to tell you that mentality and attitude will kill your marriage. Okay. Is that okay for me to say? (laughs) It's not Father's Day, so can I just say this? Like, be a real man of God and accept your mistakes. Repent from them. Model that for your children. Show them what it's like to say, I admit I'm wrong. Lovingly move forward. And watch Watch as she literally melts into you. <laughs> also, ladies, know how powerful your words can be. Okay. Is that okay? Yeah. Well, you know, I'm feeling romantic, you know? It's my. <laughs> Comedic relief is what it's called, y'all. So. Brick by brick, she hears a lie from the enemy and now she begins to build another stronghold. Did God really say? She creates a verdict of the lie. Well, if God really loved me, he would let me have anything I want from this. Isn't that how we approach life at times? If God was truly good, then God, come on, it's just like a little, it's just a dabble in this. But besides, like Paul says, I'm called to freedom, you know, like, and then we omit the latter part of that verse says, although we're called to freedom, not all things are to our benefit. So then you come to church and you hear things like God's got good things for you. And you go from your stronghold, you go, no, that's not for me. That's for them. And you begin to come to church, you come to church and, and you hear this, this, this passionate preacher begin to go, God's got a future for you. <laughs> no one's been for me my entire life, Tony. That's for that person. That, that's not for me. And brick by brick, we begin to have a rebuttal for every truth that God is trying to give us. A well-defended lie. Right, right. And some of you, ooh, okay, you ready for this? I love you enough to tell you, some of you have gotten so good at defending your lie, you have no idea it's a lie anymore. Oh, yeah. it's true. It's real. Thoughts create neuropathways. Neuropathways, if you do a cross-reference of just the verbiage and the definition of the word strongholds. Paul did not have the verbiage that we have in modern psychology of neuropathways, but that is the definition. A repeated thought that now no longer faces resistance in our head and it becomes our sweeping truth. And those thoughts turn into high things. And if we're not careful, we elevate our thoughts beyond God's word beyond Jesus' character, and it becomes easier and easier to live the lie. It becomes our highest form of reality, and brick by brick, thought by thought, we think we're being protected, but we're being imprisoned. And my friend, I love you, and God wants freedom for you. He wants freedom from that thing that has you captive and has for years. You've almost created an entire identity around it. You allowed one person to call you a name and now it's your identity. You've allowed one experience in your life to create who you are. And God's here to tell you today, my friend, through his word that I've got more than that for you. My word is higher. My thoughts are higher. My thoughts are greater. Do not build up a stronghold that goes beyond what I've got for you. And and this is exactly why, by the way, we respond to people not for what they've done, but what happened to us in the past. Psychology calls it triggers, PTSD. I get it. If you've been hearing me preach for a while, you know I don't shy away from my own journey in all of this. You, You know that it's a miracle I'm even standing here today alive, number one, and two, able to even talk about this from a healthy standpoint. But I'm going to tell you this. If you don't know my story, if, if I'm here, suffice it to say, you too can overcome. And let me just correct something that I've been saying incorrectly. I've mentioned my dark passenger. It's not, it's no longer my dark passenger. It's a dark passenger that I no longer accept as mine. So what happens is I'm a Christian, but I'm living bound up in a lie by my stronghold. Jesus talks to a group of Jewish people in the book of John chapter eight. Are you still with me? Yes. Okay. I told you this is gonna feel a little different today and that's okay. It says this. Uh, so Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him. Let's pause there. These are Jewish people that accepted you are the Messiah. You're the one we've been waiting on for centuries. You're the, you're the man. You're, you're, you're our guy. Essentially, they've become Christians. Okay? So they believe in him. And, and, and look at what Jesus says. If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. It, let's pause there. And I wish I would have swapped out the slide, but because now you're going to see their response. But, like, how would you respond? I'd be like... Thank you for my freedom. I'm going to attach to you. Look at what these jokers do. (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) Thanks for, you know, the gift and all. (laughs) Do you know who we are? (laughs) We're the offspring of Abraham. And we've never been enslaved to anybody. (laughs) How is it that you say you're going to become free? Let me just give you some context. If Well, let me just say this. If I was Jesus, thank God I'm not, I would have been like, how about the Babylonians, you jokers? (laughs) Like, how about the Roman Empire, you jokers? Like, you think that, oh, you're the chosen people, you're the offspring of Abraham. I've never been bound up. (laughs) And we laugh at that now, And I love you, so I'm going to tell you this, with all gentleness in my heart, some of you think this way. I need freedom. (laughs) Tony, like, maybe those people, but like, I'm good. Jesus, that's cool and all for like those people, you know, the outsiders, the outcasts, but like, I just want to remind you, Jesus goes, I I came for those that know they need a doctor. And so to hide behind the reality that we need freedom is to reject why he came. So many of us walking around, Christians in denial about our bondage. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Tony, I don't just come, you may not come out and say it like that, but you say things like this. I can quit whenever I want. I would never do that. And then I do it. I have never, because no one's seen you, and you keep building the wall. I'm out of bricks. (laughs) And so we have Christians that are bound up, slipping and sliding in greasy grace, And let me just tell you, if grace doesn't transform you, it's not actually grace. I just got to say that. And it's not truth unless it sets you free. I got to say that too. Like, I'm sorry. I just got (sighs) to. Okay. Because here's what happens. Are you still with me? Are you guys okay? Are you doing okay? Okay. Okay. okay, okay. I'm just, I'm just checking on you. My wife's taught me to like kind of slow down and. If it's actually true, it'll set you free. Please don't buy into the, I'm not allowed to say garbage anymore, just a lie. I'm not allowed to say garbage anymore, but I just said it. To the garbage lie, because it is, that says, live your truth. Like, now I understand maybe like the, the intent behind that. Like, I, I can understand the intent. But like, there's already a truth. And I know, like, I know even right now in my spirit, I feel the resistance that culture has so ingrained into all of us, that truth can be whatever you make it. And I am not minimizing your experiences, but I'm telling you, your experiences don't trump the truth of God. And I'm telling you, we've got to pass our experiences through the lens of the truth of God. And we got to live our lives through the lens of the truth of God. The truth's already here, my friend. And, and, and here's the beautiful thing about this truth is, is you can argue it and argue and argue it, but it has survived and sustained for generations. Oh, yeah. It's crossed cultural bounds, yes. languages, right. changes in culture. Yes. Yep. So now I live from my stronghold, I live from my experience, and I don't live from the truth. I'm going to move on to point two here pretty soon. And don't worry, point three is super short, so we're good. But check this out. Some of us grew up, and and I'm not making, please do not hear what I'm not saying. I'm not making fun of my roots or where I come from. Um, In fact, I'm grateful for the experiences. But it was around this time in in, in the church that I grew up in that the, first of all, the preacher would have already been using the, the handkerchief a lot more than I've used it today. He, he would have been screaming for about 40 minutes. And then he would have, after building this wall, called up two really buff guys to the stage that would go, and you want to know how to tear down the strongholds? And they would like get everybody hyped up and the organ would start playing and they get a sledgehammer and they just knock. And some of you were waiting for me to just knock this thing down. And then we would <laughs> do a little praise break and, and the organ, in, 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 and then after all that, Come on, somebody out there. The tambourines would be shaking. Like, my mom had the flags. I'm not making fun of, like, this is like, you, y'all would be waving your hankies at me and we would all scream in celebration that like we sledgehammered this thing down. And, and, and here's, let me balance it. Yes, there can be a supernatural moment yes. in the presence of God where you experience breakthrough and, and things are never the same again. I've shared that in my own story. Right, I've told you about three, four years ago, right here at this very moment, nobody's praying for me. I just laid something down. And, and, but here's what I found about breakthroughs. Is there the beginning of a process? Yes. Yes. I've had breakthroughs in my finances, and then God goes, now let me teach you how to better manage your finances. Uh-huh. I've had breakthrough in relationships, and then God comes on and goes, now let me teach you how to relate better. Yes. I've had a breakthrough in my health, and then God goes, now let me teach you how to better care for yourself. Same thing can happen. So I'm saying, same thing can happen right here in in a moment today. Some of you are held captive by the thought. Today you can experience that breakthrough. But but you know what happened at the end of the praise break and the four hours of worship and all that, and the thing was on the ground. I would walk out going, so how do I do that? How 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 do how do I tear it down? Instead of taking the sledgehammer, I begin to starve my phobia. I begin to stop engaging in every single thought that leads me to the same place time and time again. One thought at a time you built this, one thought at a time you're taking it down. So I begin to remove the filters from my thinking, one at a time. And I begin to go, yeah, I faced rejection, but as I learn the word of God, God says that I am a chosen generation, that I'm called for such a time as this, that his love for me was so great that he would send his ultimate, most valuable treasure, and that is his son. I begin to recognize that I can actually choose what takes up residence up here by the way, let me pause there and tell you a couple things. And just so you know, what I'm about to tell you, this is why they pay me the big bucks around here. I'm telling you so that I can be the theologian of the house. You guys ready for this great revelation? Stick with me on this. It's not sarcastic. It may be. We've heard things like the sins of the father visit up to what you know four generations, right? So I did a word study on, Because I feel powerless when I hear that. Like, I'm going, so, like, all my dad's demons are not going to haunt me too? Like, I got my own set. You know what I mean? So I did a word study, because this is why they pay me the big bucks, to do word studies. On what does visit mean? This visitor. And you know, in the Aramaic and in the Greek, what it means A visitor. (laughs) You know what a visitor does? Can I come in? You get to say no. You get to say you don't take up residence here anymore. Here's your eviction notice, and you don't get to take up residency. So I begin to learn. Now, now I begin to abide in the Word of God. Now I begin to, like Jesus in John chapter four, I begin to know the Word of God so well that when lies and things begin to come my way, I can now combat them. And I go, No, it is written. And so now one thought at a time. No, it says, it says, it is written. It says he's got a future for me. I will not be lonely forever. It says he puts the lonely in the family. That's what that says. No, it says it 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 doesn't say that I'm gonna stay hurt forever, that I'm gonna be anxious forever. No, it says that he has come, that the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon him to do what? To bind up the brokenhearted, to do these. so I begin to go, okay, cool. I'm going to take him one thought at a time. No, it doesn't say that I'm just a sinner that that is forever going to sin. No, it says he who started a good thing in me, he's going to be faithful to complete the work in me. So I'm going to do that right there. Okay, no, everybody says I'm an addict. Well, he says I've been set free. So I'm going to live out my freedom. And so one thought at a time. Are you with me on this? I know that it would be so much more showy for me to bring up a hammer and just like, and then you walk out of here with, so. Because you don't have an organ at home. We barely have them in churches anymore. There's so much maintenance on those things. Now, a Hammond B3, I'd be okay with. I Hear me on this. I choose to quit talking like a loser. Yes. Yes. I choose to make priority his words so that when, not when everything's going fine, but when the enemy comes in like a flood, I am equipped yes. with his word. Right. Amen. And I can go, oh, you're surrounding me, Satan. Psalm 512 says he surrounds me with favor like a shield. We're good. Now, I'm not telling you, hey, look at this self-help book, positive talk. That is honestly just a feeble attempt at the world copying what God has already instructed in his word. So I quit talking like a loser. You know what I do? I submit myself to mentorship. I submit myself to leadership in my, in my life. I I call people, men in my life that are trusted, and I go, call me out, call me up. Here's the reality. Here's what I'm struggling with. Just this morning, your pastor, just this morning, right here, right now, I had four people that I could text this morning going, I'm questioning what I'm doing this morning. I'm feeling doubt. I'm feeling fear. The first one was my wife, and the other three were men, men that I call, uh, and, and they're ahead of the game with me. And I text them. I'm like, and they're shooting me scriptures. Not go get him, Tiger. <laughs> Not at a boys. Right. It ain't a locker room. Right. Right. Yeah. That's good. And literally, one of them said to me, "He goes, this isn't a locker room or a game. This is war." Yeah. I mean, I'm going. I, I got snapped out of it. I'm like, cool, okay. I won't question this anymore." Yes, God. <laughs> I learned to pause and to meditate on his word and to turn to him first. I begin to look at the book of Philippians and I begin to change my way of thinking by submitting each thought and experience to prayer. I begin to take that traumatic experience of when Tony and Sophia had to bury two babies and go, God, I'm bringing this to you. I take that experience where my best friend stabbed me in the back and I go, God, this is for you. I begin to take the words and the accusations that people have said, and I go, this is no longer gonna define who I am. I'm gonna allow you to sort what's true, what needs to be molded in me, and then I'm gonna take that one step at a time. I begin to, to spend time in worship and in prayer, and I allow God's spirit to decipher what's true and what's, what's not, and, and, and I take that one at a time. And then I begin to, number two, renew and rebuild. Renew my mind and rebuild. Because I've taken this stronghold down and I start rebuilding now from the ground up. And just as Philippians chapter four, verse eight says, how do I rebuild? I rebuild by thinking on the following. What's true? So now I take this and I go, you know what's true? I am loved. Not based on what I do, but based on the fact that he placed so much value in me, that I am his son, that I am created by him, for him. I am his child. That's why I'm loved. I begin to say, there's forgiveness for me. There's healing for me. There's wholeness for me. I can not just fight my own demons and addictions, but now I can help others with the same struggles. I start to rebuild based on, man, you know what? I'm going to keep putting myself out there. Even if relationships let me down, I know that, God, you are my friend. I begin to to know that, that, as the psalmist said, who am I that you would be mindful of me? Oh, God, I don't need anybody else but you. And I begin to to rebuild a structure on his truth. I move out of the stronghold that has imprisoned me and I begin to renew my mind one thought at a time. I'm loved. I'm chosen. I'm forgiven. There is freedom for me. There is healing for me. There is an abundant life for me. There are good relationships for me. There is, have I said, forgiveness for me. And so now I begin to think on those things that are honorable, those things that are just, those things that are pure. Now I don't allow my mind to wander and start to go into fantasy land or into lust land or into whatever it may be. I begin to think on pure things. I begin to think on beautiful worship, things that, things that are worthy of worship. I begin to think on his goodness, on his faithfulness. Come on, church. I begin to think on what's commendable. I begin to, to, to dive into his word, not just because this is what I have to do, but it's because it's, it's what's going to even, not just for me, but it's going to help me combat the lies of the enemy. And so now I begin to talk to God at every moment and just, this is prayer, God, this is what's going on in my life. And now I, I approach the throne room and I approach him with, with vulnerability, but also with a boldness. And I begin to just have community. And, and let me just tell you that, right? Like I begin to now like have mentors in my life and community, why? Because, because the enemy would want you to be isolated and separated. Right, and so now I begin to go, no, no, uh, small, small groups at church, that's not just like a thing that Tony wants us to do. No, this is where I can get vulnerable. This is where, where people can sharpen me, where, where man, when I'm in need, I've got people to, to call on and I begin to build this. And pretty soon as I begin to build this thought by thought, instead of a stronghold that was once keeping me captive, it begins to now be solid, solid, foundation on which I can stand and here's the deal I've never been this tall before so I'm a little scared you know one of the things I've never been called my whole life is big guy you know like when people like greet each other hey what's up big guy never been called that never there it is Second time, somebody after first service called me that. You know, it's usually little man, right? I'm big where it counts in my heart. That's okay. So now I begin to have something solid to stand on. And so instead of imprisoned by these strongholds, I've got a solid foundation on which I can stand on. And you know what happens if I had more bricks and more time would do this? Then that pretty soon begins to build. And here's the beautiful thing about how God redeems everything. Now, the original stronghold as it was intended to be, I now can have a watchtower in my life. I can now have a place of strategy and safety in my life. I can now go not be surprised by the attack of the enemy because now I've got this perspective and now I can bring my family into it and go, guys, this is what's coming. This is how we're gonna protect. This is how we're gonna fight. This is how we're gonna strategize. And now instead of imprisoned, I am empowered. I'm almost done, okay? Almost done, almost done. In fact, Band, you can come on up. I'm just making you hungrier for that chili. Some of you cheated. This foundation, though, will not be healthy unless we feed our hearts our souls, and our minds, that which is healthy. Okay, I know you're being distracted, so I'm going to say it again. This foundation will not be healthy unless we feed our hearts, our bodies, our minds, and our souls that which is healthy. Uh, You know what I did last night? There was a lot of soccer to be watched. MLS, come on. And um, how many of you know that Cheetos makes these white cheddar puffs? <sighs> mm. Like I this is like me fighting gluttony right here as we speak, okay? Right in front of you. We we had a bag that was hidden. I hid it from my children. <laughs> okay? Sophia knows my hiding spots, but she doesn't always show doesn't always remember everything, which is a benefit. So she had gone to bed, and now I'm downstairs watching soccer, because that's what I do on a Saturday night, and I plowed through that bag of Cheetos, (laughs) y'all, just confessing my sin right here, but like, they engineer it to be like air, right? Like, come on, you, you, the puffs just don't do it justice, can, can we talk about that? It's like LaCroix, the essence of taste. No, give me the taste, right? Like, but they're doing it on purpose so you can just like keep taking it in, right? And, and, and I had a rough night as a result. Let's just say I laid on my left side a lot, okay? Some of you are asking why I wore black. Well, I needed to hide the bloat, okay? That's also why I built this thing today. You know what I mean? You know, that's what we do with our spiritual life. We allow ourselves to input what in the moment tastes or feels better, but the results it will yield are exactly like what I experienced last night. You know what would have been better? A couple sticks of asparagus. (laughs) You know what I mean? But that's what I'm saying. It's like we reach for the Cheetos and not for the asparagus. And, and I know that's such a, like, almost like elementary kind of, of illustration, but we do that in our spiritual lives. And then we wonder, I mean, and then we wonder, excuse me, why we're bound up. Why our lives are producing this kind of fruit. My friend, no more. Today, today, would you tear down that stronghold one by one? And begin to feed your soul with the healthy things of God through his word. Okay, last, last point, last point, last point. It's real easy, ready? Repeat, repeat. It's not a one and done. It's not one and done. Life will continue to throw things your way. The enemy will continue to try to get in your head time and time again. And you're gonna need to repeat This process of tearing down, rebuilding. Tearing down, rebuilding. Tearing down, rebuilding. Parents, teach your children this even now. Come on. What is taking up most of the space in your mind? What is the sustenance of your soul? Matthew 4, Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. In other words, like I said last week, what is the sustenance of your life? It should be his thoughts. It should be his words. The perfect and good, acceptable will of God according to Romans 12, I gotta rush through this, I hope you're getting this, is that that it will only be made known to a renewed mind. In fact, a renewed mind is gonna lead you to knowing the perfect and acceptable will of God. Some of you are going, I don't know the will of God, it's this mysterious thing only given to prophets and pastors and missionaries. It's really not that crazy of a mysterious, ethereal thing. A renewed mind will line up to the will of God we we'll understand the will of God. And my friend, it's available to you today. Thanks. Let me tell you, the more our minds are renewed by the word of God, the clearer his will becomes to us. Yes. I have to end. I have to end, but I got to give you this one last story. Okay. We have to know the real thing so well so that we can spot the counterfeit. We have to know this so well that we can spot the counterfeit. When we lived in one of those states that I was telling you about um, that won't be mentioned, uh, Sophia and I thought it was a great idea that in addition to being pastors on staff at a church of 1,500 people, that we should open up a business, and it was called Van City Vintage. I just gave away the name of the Vancouver, Washington. Anyway, and we had mid-century Danish furniture that we would... That, that we would sell there. And, you know, 1,500 square foot uh, showroom, about a 2,000 square foot storage, and like six employees, right? And it was crazy because we would have, I would meet with these appraisers of furniture, and it was incredible how they could spot something that was actually from the 50s in Denmark versus something that was U.S. or Chinese made, uh, 90s and on. And it wasn't because like they were learning all the new things that people were doing. It's because they knew the real thing so well that they could spot a counterfeit. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know this so well? That when the counterfeit is presented to you, you know how to spot it. Father, my prayer for every person in this room is that there would be freedom in their minds and in their hearts, God, through your word. I pray, God, that every high thing that has been raised up against your knowledge would be torn down in this moment. Father, I'm praying for a breakthrough for people. I'm praying, God, for a moment where in your presence things begin to unravel in a good way. And God, that you would begin a process, Lord, of helping all of us to rebuild in a healthy way. Father, now as we respond to your word, I pray that you would inspire us to respond with a reasonable response, whether that's in worship, whether that's in asking for prayer, or whether that's taking communion. I pray now, God, that you and your spirit would come and you would show us the truth and let the truth set us free. In Jesus' name. Amen. Church, you missed it. Thank you once again for joining us today. We hope today's message encouraged you, challenged you, and caused your faith to grow. If you enjoyed today's message, we highly encourage you to subscribe to this podcast. That way you don't miss out on any future messages. To get to know us, to get connected with us, and to know how you can best partner with us, head to our website, LegacyChurchID.com. Or come see us in person at our campus in Meridian, Idaho. We look forward to connecting with you. May God bless you and have a great rest of your day.